Yo, what's up, tribe? Welcome to the Journey to Pay Speaking Gigs podcast. Here we bring on guests in the speaking world to uncover how to find your voice as a speaker, get paid speaking engagements, and develop your speaking skills. I'm your host, Charles Clark, mental health and resilience speaker. And today, I'm chatting with Jeffrey Hazlett. He's a speaker, TV, and radio host, and former Fortune 100 CMO. We'll be learning about how he found his way into the speaking world, his most memorable speaking moments, and speaking tips from a seasoned expert like himself. If you like the topic we cover today, check out the Journey to Paid Speaking Gigs Academy on my website, thecharlesclark.com forward slash apply. That's thecharlesclark.com forward slash apply, where you're going to learn everything that you need to know about creating a successful speaking business. All right, let's welcome Jeff to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So before we get started, let the Thrive Tribe know who is Jeff? <laughs> that's a that's a deep question, a lot longer than what we have here. But you know, yeah. give you a, kind of an overview. I've been a Fortune 100 officer, bought and sold over 250 companies in my career. Um, serve on about 14 corporate boards today. I lead the C-suite network, which includes C-suite radio, C-suite TV, C-suite book club, uh, entire C-suite community. Um, I live, I spent my time, you know, from a personal time between New York and South Dakota. I'm on my ranch right now. So okay. you're reaching me right out there. And, uh, and of course I've been a hall of fame speaker. I'm, I'm in five business hall of fames, but a hall of fame speaker and deliver about typically before COVID, I was doing about 160 keynotes a year, paid keynotes. And now, now I'm doing a well over three or 300 this year. Yeah, uh, with everything on online, so I'm I'm rising and thriving, brother. Come on, man, let's get it. <laughs> you know, how, how does all that make you looking back at your life and all you have accomplished? How does that make you feel? Well, good. Hell, I mean, yeah. if you weren't doing it for 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 fun and for building wealth and right. for doing new things, why would you do it? I wouldn't waste my time. I want to do things I like to do. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it makes me feel good to have impact on other people's lives. To people want to listen to you, and heck, they want to yeah. pay you for it. Even right. better. I love yeah. that, man. Cause that, yeah. I mean, you know, getting paid, that's how we keep score. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I love the attitude, the, the, the mindset that you have. How, how did you arrive to that place of, of just becoming, I, I guess, resilient, ambitious, and, and becoming successful? Well, you get, to do, you get to choose in life. You want to be a winner, you want to be a loser. Well, yeah. let me tell you what, winning is a lot better than losing. I, you know, we're all going to lose. We're all going to fail. You know, yes. everybody talks about right now in business, you know, especially with software, technology, oh, fail fast, you know, bullshit. Let's win yeah. fast. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, many years ago, uh, you know, somebody asked me, I was with a group of celebrities. Could I help a lot of people uh, kind of figure out how they do their brand, the way they do their brand, how to position themselves as a brand. I've been doing that for major corporations and all kinds of companies. And say, but I also used, you know, the brand of me to be able to go out and start promoting and building up what now is now known as the C-suite network. And mm-hmm. and so a lot of celebrities, I got together with a big old um, uh, agency network out in Los Angeles, and they brought in some high level celebrities to have me talk to them about building the brand of themselves and how to how to be able to spin that off into other products, whether it be tequila or or scotch, as I would I would particularly love, or or other things that might enhance their brand or yeah. brand extensions. And someone once said to me, he "said Jeff, how do you deal with those little voices in the back of your head that tell you you're not worthy?" I said, "Man, well, I said what voices?" And they said, "You know those little voices." And I said, "Yeah, I know which ones you're talking about." I said, "I stop." 
I stopped listening to those voices a long time ago. Mm. And that's really what you have to do. You have to look in that mirror and say, hey, I'm worthy. I can do it. I can make it happen. This is what I have to offer. And then go offer it. You know, yeah. you're going to make you're going to stumble. You're going to make some make some mistakes. But, you know, everybody does get over it. You know, if you're going to be a maestro, you got to learn to play a lot of bad notes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's the difference between faith and faith and fear. It's, it's all a choice that we can choose yeah. to have. And by by definition, like fear is almost the same thing as, as faith is just what you choose to land on the spectrum. Is it? Is it you're going to have both. You're going to have both. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have both. You know, fear, I always tell people what's the five biggest mistakes most businesses make, you know, in order to 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 adapt, change or die. And most of them are afraid, as all people are. Yeah. And you just got to overcome those first couple of seconds. Once you, you know, it's like speaking. I mean, I'm a Hall of Fame speaker. I get up there and give, you know, hundreds of speeches. I used to have my own primetime television show on Bloomberg. I now have a TV show on C-Suite TV. Uh, and, you know. Do you get scared before you go out and talk to that group of 4,000 people or 8,000 people? Or in some cases, I've been on, you know, I was a judge on Celebrity Apprentice and 14 million people watching you on television. And do you ever get scared? Well, hell yeah. yeah, yeah. But, you know, that it's that second you take on the step and that's what you do. That's what you're there to do. So you'll get over yeah. it. Yeah, I think it's the same way, you know, with running track. I had these bad nerves, bro. So it was like yeah. I would throw up in the trash and I would have to use the bathroom a whole bunch of times before the race. <laughs> But the moment that gun went off, it all went away. It, because exactly, I, wait, you you look like a runner. I I was a shot putter. See, I was like okay. one of those guys. Man. <laughs> we were like laying down watching you guys run. That's the kind of guy I am. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you you know you talk about that. I I said to my I, my son, who's the chief marketing officer of our company, mm -hmm. and and I he did a presentation the other day, and I went and I heard all these people talk about it, that. I went back and watched the recording. And I had to say to him, wow, you, it's phenomenal how far you've come. Because I remember roughly about six, seven years ago, he had to do a presentation at what was then the, you know, like the million dollar speakers group or the yeah. equivalent of the Hall of Fame speakers group and all these certified speakers. And I remember walking up to him right before he was going to go say something to a group of about no more than about 150 professional speakers. And I walked up to him to say something. And I, he said, Dad, don't don't talk to me. I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up and, 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 and then watch him do what he had to do. And he yeah, did a great yeah. job, you know, but he was so nervous. He thought he was going to throw up. And then he told me, he says, do I, he, I said, you know, I remember last year when you did this presentation for us, you jumped up on a table mm. and he goes, yeah, he goes, yeah, but there was still a garbage can off to the side <laughs> of the stage. Cause he was so afraid that he was going to have that, you know, that, that moment, you know, he, and he's introvert. He's a little bit more introverted than, and obviously than I am, but yeah, yeah. But you, but yeah, we all have that brother. We all have that. Yeah. And I, I think like for me, I, I begin to recognize that that fear, that, well, that anxiety and excitement, it, it both feel the same. It's just the way you choose to look at it. Right. I, if I, yeah, if exactly. I look at that it's a choice. time, right. Yeah. Right. As, as, yeah. as fear for me, then it's going to take control. But if I look at it as excitement, y'all, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this roller coaster that I'm going on. So I, it's I a choice, talk, right? It's a choice. I want you to talk about that path that you went on. How did you get into speaking? Well, I started speaking, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 60 years old today or not today, but 60 right this minute. And, and I started professional speaking when I was in my early twenties. 
Mm. Um, I, you know, I used to, I grew up listening to some of the greatest speakers in the world who eventually become friends, but you know, there was Ogmandino and, oh, uh, you know, of course I listened to the great Napoleon Hill, uh, you know, Norman Vincent Peale, those, they weren't alive when I was starting my speaking career, but Legend. many of those folks were like Brian Tracy, Zig Ziglar and those, and yeah. I had a chance to see them when I was in my teens. Mm. So, you know, I was selling Amway door to door back when I was 16, 17, and I'd go to these conventions and here was Skip Ross, you know, Brian Tracy, Zig Ziglar, some of the greatest speakers of all times. And I said, man, I like what they do and how they do it. And so when I got into my early 20s, I started giving speeches and, you know, became a member of the National Speakers Association at the age of 25, 26, been a member ever since. And so I started speaking back then. And I was doing a program called How to Rip the Head Off Your Competition, you know? Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, subtle, subtle marketing and sales, basically, you know? And, yeah. and there, but yeah, here I was, you know, attending these conferences with these professional speakers. And next to me was Zig Ziglar, and next to me was Brian Tracy, and next to me was Bill Brooks. And they became my good friend, Jeannie Roberts, and, and so many others, Patricia yeah. Fripp, I can keep going. And that are some of they're a Hall of Fame speakers today. And of course, I followed in their footsteps and I'm just, I'm just lucky to be blessed by that. Yeah. I, I believe by, by association, we, we rise or we fall. We sink or swim. You're exactly right. My friend, uh, Charles, that's exactly right. That's how you should position yourself. You want to hang around, you know, Denzel Washington has this great speech. He, you know, he says, you want to hang around winners. You're going to be a winner. You're going to yeah. hang around losers. You're going to be a loser. And I, and I think there's a lot, lot to that. You're going to hang around, you hang around millionaires, you become a millionaire. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's truly that process of association. So I hung around with some of the greatest speakers in the world. And then I studied them too. I mean, I, I was at a conference this week in Dallas where I was speaking and someone came up to me and said, that story you told, I, they said, where was your inspiration? I said, Jerry Clower. And he knew exactly who I was talking about. You won't know who that is, but nah, he nah. was a, a comedian in the 70s and 80s. And he used to tell he was from Route 4, Liberty, Mississippi. And he would tell these things. And I used to buy his records and I'd watch him on the Grand Ole Opry. And I would learn from speakers like that. Mm. He would learn their their moves, their, not to copy them by any means, shape right. or form. Because if you do that, you copy me, I'm coming after you. OK, you know, they, because you you be you, you be right, you, right, I'll right. be me. But that doesn't mean we don't get inspirations from people. I mean, even like Lewis Black. I like to watch Lewis Black because he's outrageous. Right. Yeah. So you have this saying that says adapt, change or die. How did yeah. that apply in, into COVID, you know, with the business oh, yeah. industry. Well, if you, I was with a group of million dollar speakers yesterday. There's a, there's a group called the Million Dollar Speaker Group, and I'm part of it, been part of it for years. And we get together, and, and I reminded them a year ago last March when everybody was talking about, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's dead, it's dead, it's dead. And they said, I can't wait to get back up on stage again. And I said, I can't wait to never walk on another stage the rest of my life. Mm. And, and they said, well, well, why would you say that? I said, because we're delivering speeches now differently. Yeah, before it was, it was just a stage, but now I can do three or four. Now, I've done that before. Well, I've right. as many as five keynotes in a day and gotten paid for those keynotes. But, man, the time I was using a helicopter, a plane, 
you know, train, whatever I had to do to get around. And I'm not joking. We literally picked me up in a plane, took me somewhere, grabbed me by a helicopter, flew me, took, you know, took advantage of the time, time zones. And you know, that that's a tough thing, but man, if I can do five speeches in a day from my house in my underwear, boom, you know, (laughs) this is a lot different. Right. And so, uh, and that's what I meant by that is that we have to learn to adapt and change or we'll die. Because had you followed just the the same model pre-COVID, pre-digital, because during COVID, you know, days became weeks, weeks became months, months became years. And and if you didn't move, if you didn't drive and thrive or rise and thrive, as you yeah. well know, yeah. you're dead. Yeah. You're dead. Yeah. And so that's that's what I mean by that. Yeah, I, I love that, that statement right there. It's a constant reminder of how to live life. Like, you, yeah, that's a choice. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> adapt, change, or, or die. I mean, that's the only choice that you have in life, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you're eventually going to die, so I'd like to put it off as long as I yeah, can. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, your, and your career is going to take that. Your speaking is going to take that. Your topic's going to die. Your, mm-hmm. You know, the, your style's going to die. You ha- your clothes going to die. Your hair yeah. is going to die. Yeah. You know, in terms of you got to look to change up that stuff every so often so that you can still be interesting or they'll never hire you back again. Right. Right. I mean, I love that I can go back to a group again and again and again. I'm basically telling the same damn speech for the last 12 years. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all I do is change the slides and change the stories, but the concept is the exact same concept. The principle, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Well, because I don't, I'm, I'm lazy. I don't want to have to change it all. <laughs> right. I, you know, I but mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I feel you. Yeah. You, you do what works and you stay in your lane. You know, that's that's one of the things I always believe in. Like me, I'm a track guy. I run a 200. You put me outside of the 200, it's going to look a hot mess. Man, you know, I, 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 have, I have never even walked 200 yards, much <laughs> less 200 meters. There's no way. That's why, man, again, I'm going to go back to shot put. It was a lot easier. Just throw a big lead ball. That was easy. That, that, well, you got to stick to your one thing, you know. You, we stick to our <laughs> one thing. And if that works, use it. But adapt in yeah. that behavior of you delivering so I, I love that. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about a moment of of you speaking on the stage. Your, your biggest memorable moment on the stage. Where were oh, you? Oh man, I I've got so many of those. You know where you? It's the standing ovations. You know, uh, it's the the accolades. Probably probably one of the best ones was years ago. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I got to tell you, there's a lot of them where you have those moments where, you know, you've 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 moved the crowd and you you got 8000 people in the room and and you could feel them move with you down and back up again. And you and you take them on this journey. And and I love those time periods. There was one time in which I, I did that for a group. And it's detailed in my book, Think Big, Act Bigger, because they they every once in a while I let loose with a swear word. And so this particular group asked me not to swear mm-hmm. and they put a thing in my thing. If I, if I swore they were going to charge me in the contract, they were going to charge me because they had a bad experience the year before. Right. And so I just said, shoot, accept the contract. Well, my son at the time was running my, my business. And of course they said, uh, wait, you said yes too fast. So then they came back and said they wanted to change the contract. So I, they were going to charge me so much for every word. Yeah. So I'm going like, hey, this is like a game. I'm going to say that many swear words and use it up. I mean, what the right, heck, right, you know? Right. And then then they did it where where if I said these words and they sent me a list of words that I couldn't use. And I, I, I mean, be honest with you, some of the cuss words on there, I didn't know the meaning of it. You know, it's like, why would you say something like this? 
And finally, I said, yeah, say it right away. Go, go. Mm. And then they went, okay. No, that was too fast. That was too fast. So then they sent the next contract that if I said this one word, the F word, okay, that they would not pay me, not pay me at all. Not 100% they were never going to pay me. And I said, Tyler, get them on the phone. So we get them on the phone, and, and here's the chief legal counsel and a couple of the executives get on the phone, major, major, major company. And um, they uh, they get on the phone. I said, what's the problem? And they tell me what the problem is. I said, I said they, they said, well, if you say that one word, we're not going to pay you. I said, wait, wait, what happens if I'm on the stage and some guy rushes the stage with a gun? And I say, hey, F, he's got a gun, right? Yeah. I said, you, your inability to protect me might lose my life and I'm going to lose my fee. That doesn't seem fair. So I, and so I just said, why don't you just ask me not to say it? And they said, would you do that? And I said, sure. I won't say it. Yeah. And they said, and then the attorney said, well, would you put that in writing? So I said, go F yourself. And I said, Tower, you can deal with it. And so, but you know, we agreed to it. No problem, but not to the, to the fact that they were going to, you know, kill my fee. And yeah. I never, so I went out ahead of time. I went to the thing, went to the event, did the event, and it, I, I put everything I could into it because mm-hmm. yeah. I wanted to show them we could do this. And so I did it. And I mean, people were crying. You could hear pins drop. Yeah. And I got three standing ovations at that talk. Mm. And and I got to tell you this, after I walked off the stage, the CEO walked on the stage and says, wasn't he effing awesome? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that is truly one of my most memorable moments ever. And I went back, I turned to my son and I said, Tower, don't you ever make me sign something like that again, because I'm going to be me. And that's when I said from now on, if somebody doesn't want it, that's their, their thing. I'm going to be me. Being And that's what you hired. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was just having a conversation with another speaker about that. Like you, you, you want me to change up who I am to fit the mode of who, who you want. Oh yeah, like like yeah, like yeah. Let me be me. Let me dress the way I want to dress. Let me speak the way I want to speak. If not, exactly, get somebody else. Yeah, Charles. I had I had a a CEO, a CMO recently. They hired me for a speech during COVID, and they said we want to review your slides. I said sure. Here they are. And they go, well, we want you to walk us through what each slide is. I go, no. Yeah, yeah. And and they go, I said I don't need the slides. Then, well, we want you to have slides. Well, then if I'm going to have slides, those are the slides I'm going to have. Yeah. And they said, well, we want you to walk us through. I said, listen, this is the theme. And I said, you've seen the video. I've already sent you the video. It's not going to change. The only thing that's going to happen is I'm going to insert your name here and here. Yeah. And they go, well, we'd like you to do this, this, and this. And I said, no, why don't you just do it? Save yourself $35,000. You do it. I don't have to do it. Yeah. And I don't have to do all this stuff. I said, you, you obviously have something you want. You wanted me for this. And this is mm-hmm. what you felt you needed. And yet now you're trying to control the message. So you can't have both of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I tell you what, if you really want me to do that, my fee is now $70,000 and I'm more than happy to do whatever you ask me to do. Mm, mm. So they said, no, we'll take the 35 and we love your slides. So good. let's like, go. <laughs> We're good. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jeff, but you we... got to be willing to know who you are and what you do and how right. you do it. You can't, you know, it's like a lot of speakers will accept gigs that they're not good for, right? Mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. that aren't comfortable. You, I mean, one of the things you you didn't ask me one time, I had to give a speech to 13 people one time. Then they paid me full fee. Yeah. That's probably the most uncomfortable speech I've ever done in my life, you know? Uh, uh, um, you know how you just, yeah. you're doing it, you're on stage, you don't feel comfortable, you don't feel good about it. 
but you're doing it because mm -hmm. uh, it, literally it was 13 CEOs and, and they actually had 26 people and they had an attorney sitting behind each one of them because that was the industry at the time. It was the pressure sensitive tape council. Wow. Wonderful people, wonderful people. But it was like, oh my gosh, it was like, they, they don't laugh, they don't smile, they're not, mm. you know, they're not responding. Yeah, yeah, tough. That was tough. Jeff, man, I, I really, I wish we can go on and on, but I know I got to hop on a, a quick speech that I go. got going on virtually, right? So, you better go do a speech. Go yeah, do a yeah. speech. <laughs> I don't want to get in the way between you and a gig, man. Hey, before we go, where can the tribe find you? Hey, hey you can just reach out to Jeffrey dot hazlet at c hyphen suite network.com jeffrey dot hazlet at c c suite network.com you can find me just search me hazlet h-a-y-z-o-e-t-t -T. you can find me podcast all business tv show whatever there i am all right trap i hope you enjoyed the episode with jeff as always here are a few major takeaways one good old-fashioned hard work and perseverance can take you a long way Two, the importance of doing your homework. Study speakers that come before you. You can learn a lot from them. Three, embrace change and adapt your business to the current circumstances. Like Jeff did during the pandemic, it can yield great results and lead to even more success than you previously thought. I hope you found the episode interesting today. And if you want to study up on the speaking world or just hear tips from successful professionals, follow this podcast and be notified when the next episode is released. Or you can follow me at the Charles Clark on all social media platforms. I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Peace.